0: Strong may have seen extraterrestrials on the moon.
1: When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Full Spectrum Universe. We are coming to you on a special night. It is Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a very, very special guest, somebody that I personally look up to. He is an incredible investigator he, is a, he investigates conspiracies. We, he, he is such an amazing person. He goes by the name of Ole Demegard and is a truth seeker, code breaker, and peacemaker. Ole awarded the Prague Peace Prize and adopted by the Apache Nation, is an author, international speaker, former journalist, musician. He has two solo albums, a composer, TV, and a short film artist, innovator, and investigator. He has dedicated the last 40 years to researching many of the global conspiracies. Millions of viewers and listeners around the world have taken part in his interviews and presentations. His main focus has been to find out the truth about assassinations of JFK, the Swedish Prime Minister, Olaf Palme, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, John Lennon, Lady D, plus hundreds of alleged mass shootings and terror attacks such as 9 11, Norway oklahoma city and many many more everybody i'd like to introduce ole
0: how are hey, you my hey, friend hey. <laughs> i'm doing good thank you and uh, thank you so much for having you me on your show and uh, i just want to say we did a show together a few years a few weeks ago and uh, i normally go on my intuition because I don't know the bigger picture of what's actually going on. So I I feel often, just like I mentioned before, I feel often like I'm a piece on a chessboard and I'm in communication with my higher self that is actually the one playing the game. And I'm, this body is just stumbling around down on a street level trying to f- find out why I'm here. So I get from my, uh, you know, go left turn right talk to that person i mean there are computer games like that nowadays so it's feel very much like that and when i get an an something that just says speak to that person go there and then i don't question it i just do it because i noticed before early on in my life i was too shy or scared to do it or act on these things but once i started doing it the rewards were so amazing because it was just like I call it divine synchronicity. These things just, wow, what are the chances? Or, or did, So from being alone in a very strange universe and a strange world where I didn't fit in, I life suddenly became magical. And the more I felt gratitude for these things that happened, the more amazing things happened. So when we did the show, there was something in your voice saying, there's one. I don't know why what so I was the one reaching out to you uh, instead of uh, you reaching out to me so I think it's uh, it's going to be really interesting because I don't know why we're here today so it's going to be really interesting to see this unfold
1: absolutely we're going to figure out as we go because this is not a normal night but when you told me that you wanted to come on I was I was I was it was it was awesome I I was like oh man I got to do it by myself this time because last time we had a co-host and you know they were she's more of a psychologist, and I wanted to pick your brain. I wanted to talk to you about the things like get maybe a little <laughs> bit closer into you know a little bit further into the JFK assassination. I know we were talking about compartmentalization and how how it's how it got you started. so for the people that don't know you or if they, if they don't know you they're probably living under a rock, but for the audience that isn't familiar with all of your work, <laughs> let's get into how you got started into investigating conspiracies. Off the Right off the bat.
0: I think that I came to this earth, may it be flat or round or whatever it is, the matrix. I came here as a pretty pure soul uh, that got very shocked when landing here, seeing, oh, my God, what the hell, what kind of ticket did I buy? Because I I apparently chose quite a brutal family to grow up in. I call my childhood, uh, boot camp, And it now turns out that if the, after all of these years, I mean, it's only like a couple of years ago that my dead father who died, he, he died in 1992 came to me in a dream saying the key is in the ring. The key is in the ring. And I woke up with, with these words, like the keys in the ring. What is that? I, I didn't understand it at all. But then the more I thought of it, it was like, uh, when his whole life he was all of it was wearing this uh uh, this silver ring that i never really looked at and uh, when he died i was the only one there with him and the only thing he was wearing i mean he was naked in a hospital bed and he was wearing this ring so the only thing i wanted to inherit from him was the ring and so i've been carrying this thing around me i don't uh, i don't have a lot of, of uh of material stuff but this one i've been bringing with me and i it i always been very careful with it you know fearing losing it but at the same time i haven't been able to put it on my hand because i just felt it's charged with some i didn't i didn't like it at all and uh, then i started looking at it and my dad was a danish citizen and the ring is an american air force ring How the hell did an American citizen, a Danish citizen, get an American Air Force ring? And also the stone that is in it is it's uh, purple. It's a purple crystal. And I checked out with American uh, Air Force, uh, you know, the different models of rings that they've given out over the years. And that color uh, represents royalty or aristocracy. And we are from like a farmer background. So what the hell was that? And so this has taken me down a rabbit hole that has just been absolutely heartbreaking, confusing, mind-blowing, exciting, interesting journey where I found out that the at least my father and I believe my mother as well were uh, secret assets for NATO, NATO's secret ghost army that goes under the name of Gladio, which after the was created after the Second World War, and where the Allies came in and recruited the key players in the resistance movements in. Denmark and Norway, both countries that were under occupation. And for a defense system that went, it was a super secret ghost army, but there in case of invasion from the east. So it was a whole defense mechanism uh, that no one knew about up until the 1990s uh, when there was a big scandal in in Italy uh, uh, where it turned out that this Gladio super secret ghost network, uh, involved more than 10,000 people all the way up to the absolute top of the top of the government and above. So, and then in the 1990s, this this scandal erupted country by country. It was all the different NATO countries that just, it turned out that they had this set up as well, but that in the mid-60s, that from being a defense mechanism, it turned into a terror tool uh, where... Uh, The CIA went in with what is called the uh, strategy of tension and where they started to use this top secret uh, uh, armed force to inflict random violence on the different populations to scare the living bejesus out of normal people so that we would accept more and more protection. I mean, this is how the mob works as well. You know, so, so this is uh... anyway, so what I've discovered now, and I'm, uncovering uh, almost on a daily basis is that my dad was recruited he was way up in the danish resistance movement and a lot of my family on both my mother and father's sides were involved in this uh, uh, gladio super secret network and then for about 10 years my dad disappeared he, he's nowhere to be find found and I've now tracked him. It seems like he was sent in the early 50s to the States where he and a, a bunch of other uh, Danes and Norwegians were trained at a um, fort, not Fort Bragg, Fort, uh, one of these fort, uh, where that is specializing in special ops, assassinations, uh, Spy, different spies. Where, you know, uh, interrogation techniques. Not nice stuff, I tell you. And then sent back into Denmark, where my dad was part of creating um, a super secret uh, NATO spy base called Stones. It's at the exact uh, uh, eastern uh, coast of. Of Denmark, it's underground. It's 22 meters underground, and it's more than two kilometers of uh, dug-in tunnels, where they had the the absolute latest type of technology at that time in the 50s and onwards. And this has now been turned into a Cold War museum, where. But I have photos and stuff of my parents. Uh, on location, I I never seen I never was told where these photos were taken. But the more I look into it, you know, all my upbringing, that where we were living, our neighbors, where we moved, where we went on holiday, all of it was connected to these secret, uh, uh, do you know. So that when my dad went to buy the newspaper while we were, you know, like uh, running around playing um, ball on the beach, he was. 20 22 meters below ground in the in this whole thing and this it sounds like you know denmark what is denmark this tiny little country it was actually the front line towards russia because when you look at the strategic position of denmark you have the soviet union then you had finland that was under control you had uh lithuania um Uh, these different countries on the eastern uh, coast of the Baltic Sea, all of them were under control under the Soviet Empire. And then you had Sweden that was officially neutral, and then Denmark, which was frontline Russia. So in the Cold War, the east coast of Denmark, also the entrance into the Baltic Sea, was super important. And I've heard from people that were working close to Kennedy that one of the things that he did Uh, One of the first things he did in the morning was any new reports from Stones, that exact location. And I have photos of friends that were friends of my father that was also living double lives, where one of them, (laughs) I have this photo of him. He's a Danish uh, driving instructor. That was the official story why he went to, to the States to become a driving instructor. The other one went there to become a dentist. I don't know what my dad was doing there. But anyway, this guy, I got a photo from Fort Bragg with this Danish guy in full armor. The whole shebang, even with a bush on his helmet. It's a photo of two people. Do you know who the other person is? It's Dwight, I kid you not, Eisenhower, the supreme commander of the Allied forces and the president of the United States. I've I've got info. Pointing that Montgomery, the commander of, of uh, England under the Second World War, and my dad and these different people were there at the same time. You know, it's it's mind blowing when you get it. And I, I, we have stuff in my childhood home. You know, crap furniture that came from the Tula uh, super spy base on northwest on the northwest coast of Greenland, which was the most important spy. Uh, center during the whole cold, cold War, we have got stuff, old furniture that is, it looks like crap. Why would anyone buy, pay a million in transport to get it down? But my, as far as I've been able to find out now, my dad was one of the things he did was he was on an oil tanker going up to uh, that uh, to uh, get fuel into that because my dad got. I'm sorry if I ramble on, but I, I no go ahead. Did. This is a super so interesting story. My, go ahead. Okay, so my dad was officially a, a loser. That's that's uh, when my, I, I'm just telling the the official story that my parents told us that my dad was living in a bus alone with his dog behind a gas station. That in my world sounds a bit like a loser. and But he was really good at filling uh, gas in people's cars. He was so service-minded, he cleaned the windows. And then he was recruited by Esso which is Standard Oil, which is Rockefeller. And his career went overnight from filling gas to becoming uh, the head of a major part of Copenhagen and all the gas stations. That is quite a career step, wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. And
0: also, I'm finding out that during these 10 years, that where nobody really seems to know where he was, because I've checked out what he told us, turned out so not true. And also, uh, the way my parents met, you know, so not true where he was born. So not true that they didn't wear wedding rings true, you know, be, but they, they got married in the fifties in those days, you always did that, that isn't, but they never did. And, and, uh, so he was, uh, uh, so long, so I don't want to go into these details, but for many years he disappeared and then he came back and suddenly he moved into a key position, uh, you know, backed by Rockefeller dollars. And Rockefeller is part of the New World Order, is part of the creation also of NATO, the United Nations, other uh, organizations that is totally controlled or their, their tool, actually, their weapon against us, these big things that are there for our protection. I don't think so once you start looking into the whole setup. And so I believe that my dad was recruited because he was not the top of the top uh, in the in the resistance movement, but he was very good. He was very loyal and he got things done. I even think that he murdered people. I'm very sorry to say that, but as far as I know, he took out people. So he was a guy that got got it done. He was, he was a hard man. That is also why I'm a bit messed up to this very day. Uh, so um, what they did was that I, I remember, you know, as a two, three-year-old kid uh, driving around sometimes in his car to these different gas stations, every single one that I remember was in charge of these gas stations were former members of the resistance movement. So I think... That this network of gas stations in central Copenhagen is part of the Gladio uh, hidden network, where in a in a war zone, if you can control the fuel, and you can control intersections of a of a city, and you can control, um, and you already have, for instance, I would very much suggest that underneath these gas stations, I think there would be gun stashes uh communications uh all of these things needed with the fuel with the because that is how gladio is, is built up small little cells of eight six to eight people in each none of them knowing the whole big picture all of them strategically positioned but on the ground and with fully equipped with weapons fuel maps radio equipment uh, bombs mines you you name it so the whole idea was that should any of these small countries that joined NATO for security, for protection, because the big bad boy in the East was there. Should any of these countries be invaded, the whole idea would be that the the royalties and the creme de la creme bogged the hell out, went to London, and then with more or less one phone call could activate a fully equipped army perfectly positioned in whatever country in one go. Boom. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant when you think of it. I'm like, and I think that's where my parents joined because it seems like my mother was donated by her father. More less, I think more or less given into this network because she was a very beautiful woman and she was very skilled when it came to languages and things which are highly valuable as an asset as well as being a honey trap you know uh of course a beautiful woman that can infiltrate so uh, and i think that my mother was even given from one agent to my dad that he just took her over and that they set up a family as a front window that was the perfect family you know the front was so important but that they was they were put together not by love but as assets and then we three kids were born as part of the front window, the, you know, the the nice uh, cover. So so I believe that I'm part of a NATO operation. The reason I'm here is part of a NATO operation. It's like very bizarre. So you asked me where did it start for me? I think I got it in my DNA. Uh, I think I was born and the thing that has been very valuable for me is this messed up childhood where i've had a lot of traumatic uh, blessings you know like uh, horrible things that have given me a bigger understanding and a bigger compassion for other people horrible but a gift indirectly but one of the things that i think i, I became very good at at an early age was to notice when i was being lied to when things didn't match up when there one thing was on the on the surface another thing was going on on another level And uh, so we even changed countries. I I mean, my body was born in Denmark, but when I was eight years old, we moved like this overnight, boom, to Sweden from a nice villa in Copenhagen with a well-paid job to a a farm from the 1780s with no water, no heating, uh, outdoor toilets, uh, you know, we, we were pumping water. It was like going back to the 17th century. And officially, that was because my mother really loved the Swedish nature. I'm like, this is what we've been told because my mom was so in love with uh, the Swedish forest and uh, the butterflies and stuff. Like, we left everything. We we didn't even have time to say bye-bye to our friends. We left. Boom. Wow. And it's only now. I, I don't understand why I have not been able to see it until now. I just thought, that's a bit strange. But when you're a child you know you just follow along and then coming to Sweden, I'm you know we we moved out in the middle of absolute nowhere I mean one kilometer to the nearest neighbor but then my dad started helping people or at least he was involved with people that started buying up farms in the neighborhood you know so right. the five closest farms suddenly over the years became owned by people from the Danish resistance movement. You know, I think my dad moved from Sweden to Denmark, no, Denmark to Sweden, and then started recreating or or, or integrating with the Swedish uh, gladio network, which goes under the name of Stay Behind. The Danish name is Absalon. Every single NATO country has its own. But I believe that my dad, uh, in the mid-60s, when... Gladio from being something good and a a defense organism turned into a terror tool where the CIA went into with a strategy of tension and started really hammering, especially uh, countries that had a lefty government, you know, human rights and these type of things that they don't want at all. I think that my dad stood up and said, No way am I going to be part of this, this, because I believe that my dad was a good guy, you know, and that. um, he stood up he had like two or three colleagues that died of heart attacks at the same time and also he was involved in a very bizarre incident where he almost he was almost killed by co um, uh, coal uh, what do you call it coal monoxide poisoning in the car you wow. know he, from the exhaust and he almost died from it and the thing is what he said was it, he was so unlucky because that day his warning equipment wasn't working. And after this, I've been thinking, warning equipment for for carbon monoxide, monoxide poisoning. Who the hell drives around with warning equipment in your car for something like that? And he right. also had a bodyguard. I've got photos of his bodyguard. Who has a bodyguard in Denmark who's like in charge of some gas station? It's like, what, what, what? He must and have been so, some
1: asset. He must have been some asset. And I think that you got the genes of basically being able to travel and investigate and know your surroundings as they're coming around for you. It kind of opened your eyes to it a little bit of what you do now. I mean, being able to take things in for what they are at a critical or logical level as opposed to a, an emotional level. You know what I mean?
0: it's, I can only say, I don't know, I'm me, you know, so I don't know how other people work, but when I compared to the rest of the global population, it seems like this nerd has got a special ability or a special, uh, awareness that is pretty unique. And so I don't know where it comes from. I just know I, I'm good at it. You know, put me in a kitchen. I'm a disaster in this area. I'm Rainman. what, what, I don't know. Is it a brain damage or is it a gift? You know, you ask my my family many times they wish I didn't have this ability because it's put us through a lot of harm's way, you know. We we immigrated twice. I've had people murdered around me, I had death threats, I've had to I mean scary stuff. And at the same time I feel that since I have this unique apparently set up i have a duty as well when i see something and when i put the piece together i'm like oh my god how come no one else is seeing it so i have to blow the whistle and uh anyway so um yeah so it's been it's it's shocking that that my dad i can uh, i can see that but uh I have a friend, CIA whistleblower, Cody Snodgrass, who's been a secret asset and an independent black up contractor for the CIA for more than 20 years. I've asked him, he's a whistleblower, and I helped him step forward. I asked him, when I I started seeing these things about my family, I, I said, Cody, listen, I'm so confused here. So he said, please describe the whole shebang. Go through the whole thing. And after a while, he said, with his very deep voice, he said, well... I tell you one thing, your dad was a spook and so was your mom. I was like, what? <laughs> My mother? Are you shitting me? My mother? He said, yep. Acid and a honey. I was like, you can't. I mean, you must have misheard. I, I mean, there must be some misunderstanding. He said, no, no, no. This is the setup. That's how they do it. And, uh, and so... When I, if I rewind the tape a little bit, I think in the mid 60s, when my dad was almost taken out, uh, I think that was either a very serious warning to him for him to back off, stay in line, do what you're told, because at that point, he wouldn't have known way too much being in a key position where he was. Because what they do. Uh, they seem to not go for colonels and people on there that are too much high profile. So when I look at the pattern, it seems like people in the military that are being recruited into these networks are at a major... Do you have major in the American Army as well? Lieutenant and then major and uh, captain, these type of things. Okay, that level. Because when I look at the careers of the other people, all of them stopped at the same time and then they just disappear and they become like civilian dentists or whatever but these are very often jobs where they move around you know so they're like a traveling who knows where they're going well one was very much in uh, interested in antiques so he was traveling internationally looking at antiques i think not you know right. and and so anyway so in the mid-60s i think that my dad stood up and said, "I'm not doing it. I'm not attacking my own population. I am," and so he got one of another person from the Danish resistance movement that drove us to Sweden. We—it was my dad. He stayed behind. So this other guy that I didn't know, but I know now, was involved in the Danish resistance movement. Uh, drove us to Sweden very fast. Boom, like this. Like I said, we didn't even have time to say bye bye to our friends, our school friends and stuff. We just boom. And wow. according to Cody Snodgrass, this is what they called, uh, you know, protecting the family. Get them out of harm's way. Move them out so that if the agent goes down, he does it on his own. But at least the family is safe because otherwise they will take all of you out, you know, to minimize blowback. Well, absolutely. So I believe I'm I'm suspect. I suspect that my dad stayed behind, (laughs) stayed behind, uh, stayed behind and was negotiating for our protection and his life. And that uh, he managed to get off the hook by, um, in in, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, not discriminating, but making himself guilty so that they had him by the balls. And right before we left, like three days before we left, very urgently, there was this old lady uh, who had a gas station, a a BP, British Petroleum, not Esso. But her gas station was right at the entrance to the international airport of Copenhagen. Very strategically important. And this woman was well off. This gas station had been given uh, by her dad to her. And so... She, I think she was not open for any office. They couldn't bribe her. They couldn't buy it from her. So she ended up murdered. Wow. Uh, she was hit in the head with a hammer in the you uh, know in the a tie, um, tire um,
1: the tire the tire gas
0: station. She was found dead there. Wow. A hammer or a tire, something like that. But she ended up dead there. And this was like three days before we left. And I think. I have a very. This is a, a homicide that is still unsolved. It's a famous homicide in Denmark. You, there are books being written, but I have a very strong feeling. You know, when I when I ask inside my heart, uh, you know, very often I get a feeling, yes or no, and that that where that comes from, I don't know. But it very, it's more or less always accurate. It turns out, and when I ask in in my heart, I feel deeply concerned. And sorry to say, but I think that my dad was very much involved in that thing, that they maybe it went bad that they only wanted to scare her or whatever, but she ended up dead. Or they wanted her taken out so that they could talk, because that gas station then became an Esso gas station not long after, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that tire iron or hammer or whatever it was with my dad's fingerprint has been lying around in some safe uh, you know, with bloody fingerprints or whatever, has been lying around in a safe as a, as an insuring saying, dear Mr. Damagard, we got you by the balls. If you ever, ever get second thoughts, well, very sorry, you're going down for murder. You know, that's one of the way they do it. So my dad moved to Sweden. He came after us. I, I have no memory of when he arrived, but he came after us and he became a very bitter man and a very... I mean, in Sweden, you don't wear guns. My dad had a gun, you know, and sometimes he was very anxious. He was very nervous. And we were like, what's up with it? What's up with that old guy? What's, you know, like what, you know, he's so overreacting. And now I'm starting to see there was a reason. And I think that, and when I look, we were involved in several cases where people got murdered, not by him, but I think in this network, and also we had like a, a, a summer child He was called that came from Berlin and was staying with us for two, three months for no reason. I mean, my parents were not people that was like, let's help these ones that help them, you know, bring. I think that child was taken for some reason from Berlin and disappeared somewhere in our house to be kept under the radar while they were using it as blackmail to make someone in berlin do something you know this is my interpretation now and so there was a lot of strange things also my dad was uh, collecting furniture crap furniture he filled the whole barn with furniture and it was like what is going on but if you are part of creating a network where you in a crisis situation need furniture for maybe 80 people to meet in the same barn a barn would be a perfect place you would need the furniture and i tell you one day without him when he went to hospital one time he was really sick i i was so fed up with all of this furniture and all of these beds and crap because the quality was awful so i burned the whole thing the fire was going on for three days i burned the whole thing i cleaned out the the barn (laughs) and i thought i thought he was going to be happy oh my god Superman. but also there was another there was another incident you know like um, about two years after we moved out, we moved out in the middle of nowhere i when i went to school we were eight in every class you know that that, that was how tiny it was and that, that was like five six miles down the road where the school was there was a church and a school that was it boom so um He was not into sports, he was not into tennis, he was not interested in tennis. He was, and suddenly he decided, I am gonna build a tennis court in the middle of absolute nowhere. So he got bulldozers in and diggers, and on next to our farm, in the once again in the middle of absolute nowhere, but at the highest point in the whole area, we are we were at the exact highest point if you look strategically from a different point of view it was the oh. exact point from. and the farm was bought from someone i remember in military clothes and he had like 20 or 30 farms that he officially had bought in the 50s when the when the prices were low he owned 25 farms is that was- normal they were safe that houses,
1: isn't. they were getaway spots, and then you could see all around you either way it was.
0: Now now we're in the in the other world that I'm discovering now, these type of things, because 25 farms that is not normal, you know. And so I think that was a the Swedish network that part in the in the area, these 25-30 farms. And so he chose one of them, or they were given one. But anyway, he decided to build a tennis court and he was spending months I was helping and we the kids were forced to you know get rid of the rocks and the stones and put the seeds and you know get the grass growing and he kept it immaculate with the white lines did he ever play no did my mother ever play not a single time did my mother my siblings play no the only one that was playing was me I was playing football on it so what were the hell was that? And it even had the, the, the net and all of it was imm- immaculate. So I thought it was like midlife crisis, some bizarre, I don't know, what's up with the dude. Uh, I didn't like him at that point at all either. So I just thought he was weird and and, and uh, scary. So And I loved him as well, you know, the way you do. It's the Stockholm Syndrome, I think. And uh, so... So anyway, after now when I started discovering our, my strange childhood, I was like, oh, my God, since all of these different groups have uh, underground dug down gun stashes, and that's part of the setup, you know, with all of these things, could that one be like a secret helipad, uh, gun stash, oh, wow. whatever? Oh, underneath there. So when I went on tour a few years ago, uh, I had this beautiful tour organizer, Johnny, he he goes on the name of Johnny Cash because he fights for for cash money. And so I said, Johnny, are you up for some adventure? He said, always. And so I said, have you got a metal detector? And he said, no, but I'll get you one. So he got one and we drove to my old childhood home. And when we were on our way there, he said, I, when you said I'm in the middle of nowhere, I thought you were kidding. I said, I was not correct. He said, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so we got to the place. And uh, this farm was then, after my father's death, was sold out to someone else. We, the family, sold it. And I think we sold it out of the network. You know, So the whole surroundings is owned by the Gladio network, the the person in in uniform that I remember, his family is still owning the area around it. So this little piece of land was sold out. It was like three, I think I don't know what the correct term is, three acres. Not mm-hmm. big, but like uh, anyway. So so we went up there and I met the new owner. And I said, listen, I lied. I said, uh, you know, when we lived here. Uh, I lost something valuable down on the tennis court. Do you mind if I go look for it? And he said, no, I've heard about the tennis court, but I've never seen it. I was like, how can you not seen it? But I mean, it was like, uh, uh, well, 30 years after it was sold. So the area... Where there used to be forest, they'd cut down the forest. And where there was not forest, there's forest now. You know, because it's just overgrown and uh, over the years it's taken over. So nature had taken over the, the tennis court. So y- you couldn't see it anywhere. It, it was just in the middle of, of where trees and bushes and stuff. But I knew exactly where it was going to be. So I was down on all four, you know, s- s- crawling around in, in that feeling. Because I, I knew the distance from the house. I knew certain uh, uh, slopes and stuff. And so in the end, I just found it here. Boom. So I was crawling around. I found the corner of the tennis court. And since I know the distance and so, so 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 I said, here, it's here, it's here. I got the whole thing filmed. So uh, Johnny went to get the metal detector. And I'm walking around with that while being filmed. And I said, if this one starts beeping, I might f- faint. Or cry because that just shows me that my whole life has been built on a lie that my whole life every single conversation i've had with my parents they have known this in the back of their mind they have had that whole double life in the back of their mind they've had to control themselves do control what they say they've had to keep us in this illusion so I was really hoping not to find anything. So I'm walking around there and suddenly beep, 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 and it's a one point that's like nine nine feet times 30 odd feet in one direction, and then it goes out in a in an angle, another nine feet times fifteen, where it's beep, 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 beep. So I just felt we're beyond speculation now.
1: Yeah. At
0: the same time, this network is still active. This, this network is still active. So I sure did not say anything to the owner and I sure didn't start poking with stuff because if there's explosives down there that have been there for 30, 40, 50 years, you know, it's not the correct way to that's, handle them. Yeah. that's dangerous. So, but what I noticed was also uh, to the area right next to it, where there used to be forest, that's cut down now. But there were two two tree trunks, uh, like uh, five foot high, that were left chopped off like that. And they had to do that when they cut down forest. They had to leave these tea, certain uh, tree trunks uh, for the beetles and whatever, you know. But these one, I I didn't even think of it. But I just thought when I when it started beeping, I looked to to the left and I thought I want to remember where it started beeping. And I looked to the left and just. Uh, Like 20 feet away out in the open area. There was one tree trunk and where it stopped um, Beeping I looked again and there was another one. I thought oh, that's really handy. So now I can remember I think that is not by coincidence because that is on the on the plot that is owned still by the network and so in a in a case of uh, of emergency they could very easily say that you know just go to the area boom they are the tree trunks, they marked out the area, and then uh, they could find it. Are you still there, Rob? And so we're blocked. I can't hear you, Rob. Like You're frozen, and now I'm here on my own, I think. But this is often what happens when I start talking about these things. So I'm gonna have my coffee and wait for you to get back. I'm back. I am and there you
1: are. That's it. We lost a lot of people on that too because we froze up. I don't know what the hell happened, but
0: my internet but Rob, this is very often when I start Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like no, very often when I start talking about these things that are sensitive things happen you know the internet just gets knocked out my my computer just reboots by itself Uh, the signal get blocked i don't know coincidence or not have no idea but it's interesting that's great so so i think this was a long answer to a short question this is what got me into this area and uh, then i started in sweden I, I worked in a factory my first job, hated it. And that, that really fueled me to get out of there. And that uh, gave me the uh, possibility to start working as a freelance journalist. And so I, I started as a freelance and then I was employed by a, a newspaper. And during these years, what I learned was to listen to what people say and also to what they're not saying, things that they're avoiding you know often you will find the real truth in the silence or in between or in the when they divert your attention like this so it's, it was very interesting for me also to learn the body language you were talking about body language before Do you know like when something and people are saying something be aware of how they are moving then the, the voice the intensity of the voice uh, and this is on an on a local level, a national level, and international level. It's the same phenomena. So I just think that uh, these things have helped fine-tuning me as an instrument. And then in 1980, I saw the Zapruder film for the very first time. This was way before the JFK movie, way before the internet, way before anyone was interested. And that absolutely blew me away because it's a no-brainer. I mean, The Last Headshot, you Take a basketball. If I throw a basketball at your head, whatever direction your head will, will fly off, you know, bounce off, it will show the direction of the impact. And here it was very clear that something hit him from the front and to the right. But officially, the shooter was behind him, six floors up, behind a tree. It didn't make any sense. So what really got to me was not so much that because in 22 seconds, I thought there's something wrong here that, that this doesn't match up at all. But it was like that it was backed by people like Dan Rather and heavyweight journalists and History Channel and stuff like And I couldn't get into my head. How can people that are supposed to be that intelligent, that good at their job, not see something that any physics with an oh, with a good intention would tell you right away the impact came from there who whoever was standing there I don't know the, the answer could be but the impact would be there but here we see an absolute lie from day one So why would these big investigative forces back someone a power that would be behind the assassination of a president? It didn't make any sense at all, Rob. So since I was a proud journalist at that time, I, I don't use that word at all anymore because it has, there are no real journalists anymore. It The real journalists are people like us, I would say. So why back a thing like that? And that got me down the rabbit hole with JFK, making me read hundreds of books and also making me super confused because I got myself into this world that many people are now experiencing.
1: I don't know. We might have lost him again. They keep uh, trying to shut us down a little bit, but that's okay. There he comes. He's coming back. I I don't know what's happening, man. We're talking. It's just they don't want us talking Uh, tonight,
0: that's for sure. Labyrinth inside where they. they Oh, there you are. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes, I mean, if we start talking about uh, flowers, bees, how to grow carrots, I don't think there will be any problems. But uh, anyway, so whoever if everyone is missing uh, messing with us please understand we are trying to do good for humanity and you if you are sabotaging it are shooting yourself in the foot because we are talking about your kids futures as well and just because you're well paid now and maybe you're giving a nice title that makes your ego feel like this you're screwing it up for yourself so back off get alive stop messing us messing with us because we are here to also help you if you're not a super psychopath which I think you're not I think you're just doing your job as you're being told yes sir no sir stop doing that and be a human being follow your heart anyway so one of the things that really confused me was When studying, because I became obsessed about the JFK assassination, which is a masterpiece when it comes to these operations, we're still confused after all of these years. And, uh, like, for instance, there were some really well-researched books that I really, like, I was so impressed by the research. And then they were describing a person, like, for instance, Frank Sturgis. uh, Frank Fiorini was his real name. In some books, he was described as a CIA asset. In other books, he was paid by the FBI. In other books, he was working indirectly for the ONI, which is the Naval uh, Intelligence. And he was also a hitman for the mob. What the hell? So I thought, well, only one of them can be correct, so they must be wrong. So I was trying to find out which one of them is correct. And it turned out they were all correct. And welcome to the world of confusion. Before you start seeing that they're working like this, that the FBI is very often preparing patsies, equipping them, training them, making them think that they're part of something else. Then after whatever operation is taken out or carried out, they're there to, plan, to clear uh, the, the crime scene for real evidence and plant evidence to point at the patsy. That is very often the, the work of the FBI. Plus, have a lot of blackmail material on every person that is of importance in this case, so they got them by the balls and that they can control them. That's J. Edgar Hoover's inheritance, and that's how they work. You know, So FBI there. CIA are the ones. It's an agency for hire. You can rent them, which many big inter- international companies like... Uh, del monte or coca-cola or you name it many of these big ones are hiring them to get rid of problems in a new country for instance if they want to import bananas or if they want back like that and they're having a problem with the government who says no 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 the, the the whatever is in this country belongs to the people you can't come here and just take over well that person just happens to die very suddenly thanks to the rental of this agency that will just move in with their enforcers and either scare scare them into obedience or replace them by death with their puppet. And then Del Monte can start importing pineapples or whatever, bananas or Coca-Cola can just take over another company or um, franchise, I mean country. Mm-hmm. and Or you got economic hitmen like John Perkins that goes in and say to the president, listen, you know, we so admire what you've been doing. We really want to support you. In one pocket here, I've got a stash of like three trillion dollars. We will your all your needs, your family, everything will be taken care of forever. And in my other pocket, I've got a little bullet with your name on it. And the name of your families and loved ones, all of you. What do you choose? And with the help of the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, these type of brutal enforcers, many people bend down. And if they don't, they end up dead. So I don't know how we got into this area, but uh, yeah, so it, it got very confusing for me. But once I started seeing that these people were working for the mob and the CIA is not opposite. They are partners in crime. It started in the 50s. They just got more and more intertangled. The, also with the help of the Operation Paperclip, where they exported the Nazi really skilled people in all different areas of warfare, bio rocket science, uh, intelligence agency. They created companies after the Second World War. Or NASA, NASA from- is one of them. NASA is one. And at the very same time as NASA, you have OSN, OSS, Went to evolve into the CIA with the help of people like Reinhard Gehlen, who was a very very skilled German intelligence uh, officer, who is later the one that created together with William Colby the Gladio network in Europe and and the rest of the Western world. You know the same key players, but you also had the CDC was created at the exact same time with the help of these German biowarfare experts and the cdc is uh, located in atlanta georgia It's the center for disease control no it's the center for disease creation and all the virus scares have come from the cdc it's a revolving door into the vaccine industry that is based on a major part on former german uh, chemistry giants that have just changed the name and the logo Boom. But it's the, the same companies that were in the Nazi war machine just change and voila. They come out with a different name and a different aspect. So you have all of these things. Also, the World Military Games was created at the exact same time, which are the, the Olympic Games for military personnel. And guess what? They were in Wuhan with more than 10,000 soldiers when this whole thing was supposed to happen in October last year, which... I believe that I was made a major part of stopping about 50% of absolute mayhem that was planned. And so they had to go under the radar. And then the only thing they had left was a very wild, mild version of the coronavirus. That, that you can go to my, I don't know, I get shut down everywhere, but if not, nothing else, then go to my uh, official Facebook page, look for. That's my website, but my mm-hmm. official Facebook page—it's said all the name True Seeker Code Break, whatever—and there, uh, look in the videos. Uh, I think it's still there because they shut it down all the time. But it says oldest, most important video ever, where I go into extreme details, saying what I stumble across, and managed to stop thanks to brave people like yourself that helped me spread this information so fast that put the spotlight right at at these super criminals and made them have to rethink the whole thing, go under the radar, and then wait until uh, when there was a major diversion in the world called Christmas and New Year's, when people were drunk, Happy New Year, and boom, on January the 1st, the first corona victim appeared. What a coincidence. I think not. But anyway, that is also why the whole corona thing is so bizarre, that so many things that does not match up is because... The whole mayhem part, which was a matter of 39 coordinated terror attacks. When I say terror attacks, I mean state-sponsored, inside-job terror attacks, NATO, uh, brutal violence, gladio, uh, rape and plunder, mass murder attacks were planned on the Western world in uh, specific, including a bomb exactly the same uh, type as hit the, the harbor in Beirut, was planned for the um, harbor in Rotterdam, which is the entrance for most food import into Europe, meaning you knock that one out, you can create famine in in uh, Europe within a week. And then in all of these, uh, there was a, a part of these, uh, certain, it went under the name of Operation Sea Eagle, as far as I've been able to find out. And the idea was also that one of the attacks would be against a Swedish nuclear power plant called Forsmark so that you had officially a nuclear disaster also making people stay inside locked down. This was the whole idea. Mass violence, chaos created, including also a, um, an earthquake in Albania, which was a, a NATO operation as well and so all of this mayhem together in combination the whole idea i'm sorry if i rattle on rob but i'm just gonna no go on. no i'm listening man go ahead so the the plan as far as i know was that on october the twenty, on october 18th uh, 2019 we had the event 201 in new york which was an absolute drill an absolute rehearsal of the corona thing that was then unleashed on the world on January the 1st. It was in New York in a high-end hotel funded by Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum, which is just another name for the New World Order, and the Johns Hopkins Hospital, which is Rockefeller-funded, and also where the maps come from that have been used globally and has now I even interviewed the, the creator of the map who says that the numbers it's all over the there's no connection with reality nothing it's a propaganda machine okay so there was this drill and the thing that i uncovered by being divinely guided stumbling across incredible information you know without having any idea was that there was um, um, a coordinated uh 39 coordinated attacks planned on October the 23rd and October the 24th. October the 24th is also the day of the United Nations. And some of the targets would be military targets like the headquarters on NATO, thus justifying military intervention. There was not by coincidence that they hit Pentagon on 9/11 as well. It was they needed military target to justify that the military then went and and uh, invaded totally innocent countries like Iraq, Afghanistan. That had nothing to do. Even the official story is not talking about Afghanistan or Iraq at all. It was Saudis, they say. Well, they, well, anyway, so the, the attacks was planned for London, Manchester. This was the time for the Brexit referendum, where England has been trying to leave the European Union. The European Union is another creation of the Rockefellers and the New World Order. It sounds really good uh, on the surface. It's not at all, not at all. It's organized crime trying to control as many as possible. So they're fearful of if anyone managed to leave, then others will follow because everyone has lost joining the European Union, the, the Euro uh, currency, the prices have just gone two, three times the world. Every single country that have joined it after being scared shitless because they've been told, if you don't join, your country is going down. And so they join and then it they, they anyway. find themselves in a situation. No, but it's it's the exact opposite. So uh, you had the drill there and the drill of the corona I believe was the Corona was supposed to go live on October 23rd and 24th in Wuhan, exactly where you had the world military games where there was more than 10,000 soldiers from more than 104 nations on location. So imagine you have, I want to go back to, uh, it was the Brexit referendum in England. Then it was Paris, France. That was where they had the massive problem with the yellow vest movement, Mm -hmm. meaning that should something like this happen very sorry lockdown no one is allowed out in the streets for your protection the uh, martial law very sorry uh, that you can't uh, stand up against us but for your protection you have to stay indoors or you will be shot you know so that would have taken care of the yellow vest then you had barcelona and spain where you have the same type of problem with catalonia where barcelona is a part of that it's a province have been trying to free itself from spain for many years and if it managed to do that it would be outside the control of the european union as well rotterdam the food and then sweden uh, which is not officially part of nato that whole thing would scare the living bejesus out of sweden especially if they pointed to the east which they're trying to point the bad boys in the east and thus sweden would sign on and become part of member NATO. So that whole thing would work fantastic. And do do you know how many 39 coordinated attacks are? Imagine within this time span, 36 hours, I will tell you now. Boom, 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 is a lot of chaos. You know? Absolutely. So, so in this situation, what I think was planned was that all of this mayhem would erupt while the soldiers were in Wuhan. They would officially, there was this virus that just came from a bat or a fish or whatever, suddenly appeared there. But at that time, without these soldiers knowing it, they would be called back to their home countries to help to... Sort out this chaos, thus bringing the virus to 104 nations within 24 hours without even knowing about it, if there even was a, such a thing as a virus, which I strongly believe that in many parts of the world, no virus at all. It's the real virus is a psychological operation, and the real virus is fear that they're spreading. But So what happened was that when I, I discovered this whole thing on October the 21st, And once I saw that, oh, my God, the magnitude of this operation, I just felt I need to go out and warn as many people as possible because maybe, maybe, maybe we got like some 20, 20, 30 hours before they're going to go live. If I can manage to reach as many people as possible, there is a way that maybe we can stop this. So I went out and I did like uh, from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m., me and Johnny Cash uh, was going out doing interviews like five uh, minute interviews with I don't know how many different radio stations all over the world because I've got an amazing network of incredible people that are just boom on it, you know, so and also with my with my uh, track record, you know, I predicted up on more than 60 of these uh, ones up to two months before they actually went down uh, on international radio and so on. So uh We went out, we did that, and then I checked the very next morning and we were up to several hundred thousand views and a lot of shares that I don't know. So a lot of people were suddenly aware of either speculation or absolute nonsense or the real deal. So October the 23rd came and absolutely nothing happened. No drills, no attack. There was a few ridiculous uh, thing with a truck and 30... Whatever, but nothing. So I was there sitting. I don't know. Maybe I made an absolute fool of myself. Not a problem. You know, it's not the first time. And as long as no one got hurt, I did what I could. Maybe I mistook the whole thing. And then later that day, I was contacted by a freelance journalist in Brussels, which is the, the, uh, the capital of Belgium and also the headquarters of NATO. And do you know, Mossad has got an office in the same building. I kid wow. you not. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's like, let's just take the elevator down and speak to the guy. Yeah. I'm sure that the CIA is there as well. And so anyway, they've got their whole little backyard to play in. So um, this uh, this uh, journalist said to me, do you know, like uh, he's been working in, in, in Brussels for years. And he said that he's got a lot of good intel from from uh, intelligence and military and so on. And he said, we've been feeling that something major is building up, but we haven't been able to understand what's going on. And then we heard your warning, we saw your warning. And he said, are you aware of what's going on in Brussels right now? I said, I have absolutely no idea. He said, all the defense ministers ministers of defense in all of all nato countries have been called to an emergency meeting right now in brussels and he said his words it's because of your video your warning that they are now in absolute panic mode because nato if i'm correct is a terror tool it has nothing to do with our protection you know so so i felt that's amazing. If that is true, I'm so grateful to be part of maybe jamming a steel rod into the gearbox of this death machine. So a few hours later, uh, I I was sent an article from a well, very well respected website called Voltairnet.org. And the title of the article was NATO Near Implosion, NATO Near Implosion, that the whole thing is going down. And then a few hours later, I was contacted by a person saying have you noticed that all israeli embassies and consulates all over the world have been closed shut down i i don't know why but it's like the timing is very interesting and it said that there was a general strike for better wages i'm like yeah all right okay, okay. Do, you want to tell, do you want to tell me that the staff of Israeli embassies of all countries have managed to organize a global strike to shut down all embassies and consulates. At the same time, really, do you want to tell me the one about Santa Claus again? Because it's like, that is...
1: That's it, you know, what? especially too, with all those explosions, it's not just the, the initial effect of the explosion. It seems like what you're telling me is that There was an agenda with each one of them, like a domino effect from each one that would have crippled each nation differently, almost differently in itself. So it would have been a complete disaster for the economy, for the people, for food, for water. It would have been so many different things that they would have never been able to recover from that tip of the scale. You know what I mean?
0: I think that is what they, when they talk about the dark wind, Operation Dark Winter, I think that is it, you know? so. But also, I am certain that it would be used uh, as an excuse to say, well, listen, these terrorists, whoever they were, you know, depending on if you were in Sweden, it would be Russian terrorists to push Sweden into NATO. If it was other countries, there would be uh, Muslim terrorists or whatever was in in their agenda. They would say these terrorist organizations have used Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, all to communicate this chaos, this mass murder. So for your security, we just had to shut down the internet. We're so sorry. Uh, But we will reboot it as a commercially uh, backed up version where we will decide what you can see for your security and the rest will just be shut down. You will have to pay for us, pay for it, and we will decide what you are allowed to see. So it would totally censor and cut out every type of dialogue like this as well. And this is not the first time they tried this. Multiple times, legally, if you call it legally, tried to get it through Congress and stuff to limit this, but they haven't been able to do it yet. But a thing like that would have justified it. So, anyway, the day after, there was uh, uh, also I was in. uh, I was uh, contacted by people in the U.S. saying, "Have you?" have you noticed that uh, Vice President Mike Pence and the the Secretary of Defense have just been called back urgently from the Middle East and are now taking part of a crisis meeting in Washington, D.C.? I don't know. I just think interesting timing, whatever it is, interesting timing. And then on the, I think it was October the 25th, which is the day after this whole thing, I believe, was planned to take place, Jens Stoltenberg, who is the head of NATO, who is the former Norwegian uh, prime minister and who is key, he's a Bilderberger as well, he and Gro Harlem Brundtland, both former prime ministers of Norway, both Bilderbergers and both key in the alleged mass shooting on Utøya and the blowing up of the government building in Oslo some years ago, where I'm not saying they were doing the shooting, absolutely not, but they were playing key roles in this whole thing. And they were then, he was then, I think, being rewarded as his loyalty to the New World Order by the job of uh, head of NATO, which he in his whole career had been against. And then suddenly he's head of NATO gold figure. And Grohalen Brundtland, the other one who was key in this, is one of the architects of Agenda 21. I shit you not. Uh, Grohalen Brundtland and Morris Strong are the two people that have put together this absolute horror of a future for us you know so anyway so things
1: are connected it's it's wild too they because are. also this it just just to go back one, one more second if there would have been those attacks and those agendas were carried out with all those places then the, the military coming back with a super spreader event that means every individual was cut off from any communication at all also locked in their house and we know some of the effects of lockdown is suicide so there's almost a eugenics factor to the whole thing as well and mental illness and and these lashing out it would have divide and conquer is always their mechanism divide conquer and program they could have done a multi fast a, a three pronged attack to take out whichever wh- whichever person nation or state they wanted to at that point that's just an incredible thing that was such a devious plan
0: I I believe that this was the ultimate plan where they they was it was so multifaceted depending on what nation because they were aiming at knocking the whole crap out at the at the very same time also knock out the whole digital transfer money system, you know, or replace it. We're very sorry, but now because of this, we can't use cash anymore because of s- spreading the, the virus. The virus is wonderful. Do, do, did you notice that they started disinfecting in China to start with? They were spraying the, the cash. This is part of the operation to get rid of the cash, get get into a digital new world order uh cash society. They would also say, in this mayhem, with so many different countries involved, our military need to unite into a one-world army, which has been their plan for such a long. I've been talking about it since the nineties. David Icke has been screaming from the rooftops about these things: microchipping, a one-world currency, a one-world uh, army for years. And that's the combination of the U.S. military, the NATO forces, the United Nations forces, nation forces in one. You know. But it's there to control us, not to defend us. But this would be the the justification of finally doing that. And so what this journalist told me later, uh, or maybe it was someone else. Yeah, I also want to say that uh, Mike Pence and they were called back. And then Donald, with a hairdo, stood up and had a press conference saying, we managed to kill al-Baghdadi. Isn't that amazing? And that is amazing if you believe in ISIS, which is a total construct of the U.S. Uh, state uh, uh, State uh, Department, I think it's called, and uh, CIA and Mossad are the ones, and also backing with Toyota vehicles. All vehicles in this operation is, are Toyotas. And um, anyway, so... They managed to kill al-Baghdadi. That's great news. It's just, a, there's a slight little problem. It's the fourth time you killed him. You have had four press conferences saying that you killed him. So either this really makes you believe in reincarnation or you're full of it. So what was that? I think the way I see it, at least a diversion, look that away. And I want to inflict one thing because people are saying, can you trust Trump? Can you not trust Trump? I I have no idea. But there was some very highly respected uh, researcher, black activist. that was uh, a friend of Martin Luther King, a close friend of Hallebel Fonte, uh, who's been from the 60s and onwards and who has exposed incredible information along the way regarding the MLK assassination and so on. And before he died just a few years ago, He said, please be aware, there are two Donalds, one with a blue tie, one with a red tie. And when you look at what Donald is doing, there's a lot of this going on, you know, one direction, the other direction. And then you will see press conferences where he's standing with two flags behind him and the seal of the White House. Then you see another guy with a different color of the the tie. There's one flag and no seal, but a similar room. Are we could could he be correct and if so that would be the perfect control opposition thing where whatever's needed to be said if the real guy if he is a good guy is saying that you can just make a press conference saying no no sorry i made up my I or a diversion let's build a, a wall towards mexico what taking credit total credibility away from the real donald maybe who's saying we need to sort out the swamp. We need to get rid of the pedophiles. We need to clean this whole thing up. Let's buy Greenland. What? Why? Why? What's the let's, purpose? Let's, let's let's make the Mexican pay for the wall. If that was the diversion, Donald, do you see what I'm saying? Like you got right. one good for, it, and then it's it's the ultimate. They, they, they cancel each other. out. Ultimate, it, it's not doing
1: anything it, at that point.
0: It's the ultimate psychological operation and if you control media you can do whatever you want if, oh, that's, because
1: so that's a crazy thing uh, i tell you i will tell you the media anyway, so, is insane over here but go ahead
0: yeah because like 96% is owned by six companies or less so right. it's the it's the same voice you're hearing so it's not crazy it's the same voice you choose to think oh i i believe in cnn well i i abc is my choice it's the same crap It's coming from the same uh, sewage opening. So anyway, so Donald, I think the diversion, Donald, the the controlled opposition, if there is such a thing, was the guy saying, we killed him again. We killed him again. Look over here. Look over here. Don't look at that. And so, and then on the 25th, Jens Stoltenberg, the head of NATO, had a press conference. It was only like five minutes long. And he had just signed a contract for 1 billion with Boeing about global uh, air surveillance, yep. which would have been totally applauded after a mass attack on Europe and we would have been in state of shock. Just, Oh, that's amazing. Here, it was totally out of place. One billion for... And at the press conference, you, you can hear it. I think it's still online. It's only a few minutes. Instead, of it should have been a long one. <laughs> he is bigger, His voice like... It. He is shitting his pants. He is so scared, that person, because I think the world pulled the curtain and just say, oh my God, we see you. So anyway, what I believe happened at these crisis meetings was that, very sorry, there's more than a quarter of a million people at least that are aware of what we're going to do. If we press the button now, we will. It would be massive blowbacks on us. We won't be able to get away with anything of it. You know, we won't be able to use it the way we want. So we need to to go under the radar, reschedule, keep a low profile until this blows over, so that the world will di- will think of something else, push out a lot of strange uh, news, whatever, and divert the global attention. What would be better? What would be better, Rob, than Christmas? where everybody is messed up with their head about Christmas presents and and New Year's Eve when everybody is drunk. Happy New Year, 2020 is going to be the best year year ever. Everybody is looking that way as well as being drunk. And when you look at military operations through all ages, when do they hit? You will see very often it's Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, when people are having a hangover, the enemy is having a hangover, meaning you can hit them while they're still asleep, or they are in church or in mosques or whatever. That's when you hit it's psychological operations, strategic psychological. So here New Year's Eve, happy New Year, and boom, in came a super lame version of what had been planned. But this time it was planned it went under the name of Corona or COVID or SARS-2 they keep changing the name so that we don't really understand what is actually going on. And in came a version like, bleh, like a yogurt version of what had been planned that doesn't match up at all. Because now you will see that there's so many pieces of the puzzle missing. Do you know? So when you go around looking at COVID alone, it's like, why are the hospitals empty? Where are the dead bodies? Where's Where's this? Where's that? It doesn't match up. It doesn't match up at all. It's because fifty, at least fifty or eighty percent of the whole plan was deleted, taken away from them. So they hit us with a can of of, uh, of yogurt instead of a full-grown, full-ass, massive global bomb. I think you're right. I think
1: that that was the deep state, or the globalist, or altogether the cabal. I think that was their ultimate move to bring us into yeah. this uh, this era. That's like. Just so people like, uh, what's the one with uh, Jennifer Lawrence? The uh, one of them's uh, The Mockingbird. Um, it's like that movie, you know what I mean? But you know, I, I I agree with you too. And this this whole thing about media, you know, that's one of the things that always gets to me is how this media is just so out of control. They tell you whatever they want. They lie right to your face. So personally, I have devoted myself to taking on mainstream media i'm going to have a website which is going to have news it's going to have articles it's going to have everything you need just it's a lot like yours where you already have videos and you have articles that you write and i'm going to take on mainstream media head on so mainstream media is going to be owned by seven people and it's just one of my entities and you know i'm going to take them on because i feel like the more informed people can get the better information they have the better decisions they can make and the less they can worry and they can you know, look out for the fellow man and be harmonious in that sense. And, and we did this event on uh, December 21st. And I feel like we really affected a lot of people. We changed a lot of people. We raised a lot of vibrations. We actually tracked the Schumann residents in that day. And it went up 30 points, I think 30, 30 gigahertz. It was wild because of uh, Yaluru and, and, these events that we had planned, we reached about, I think it was three hundred thousand people. But it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. But I think that we are ultimately the resistance to this. This, this we're like the pushback force to this. Uh, we're, we're the opposition to these people. We're like the resistance. And when we do shows like this, and you're laying out all this information, I love it. I sit here and I'm just like in awe. I'm shocked that you know, I, I, some of the stuff we talked about already but it's so precise and your information is so on point and it truly is enlightening those people that are listening. And I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. hundred percent.
0: Thank you so much, Rob. But do you know, like, I think that the words we use are extremely important. You know, they, it's, it's not called spelling for nothing. You know, you spell a word, you charge it with a, a, a power. So I think it's really important. And when, it's like if I hold my hand like that and then you say, this is oppression, I do resistance, you have a power struggle, you know, and the one, the strongest one will win. And these forces are strong, they're brutal, they have no mercy there. So power, I would say, brutal force is not the way. You say resistance movement, you say, we're the opposition. We're talking about forces like this. I'm talking about transcendence, to, to transcend above it, to just rise above it. I'm not saying neglecting it, absolutely not. I'm saying mentally and, and on a frequency level, l- lift yourself above it. Become, become not a physical matter that has to push itself through a, a wall, you know, with force, just raise above it raise above it and let the truth do that and gratitude lift you but build up the frequency and transcend the whole thing the truth is amazing i love the truth that is why i always try to find it because the truth fears no investigation it fears no criticism it just is and it's totally without using any energy do you know like when the, the truth just stands it just is and but if you have a conspiracy a conspiracy normally builds on lies you know they they don't want you to see what actually went on you have the truth behind their operation and then what they're trying to do is divert your attention everything is like look over there whatever it is so they're, they're trying to cover the real truth with layers of lies lies deception psychological operation the more people that are involved the bigger the chance that somebody messes up and says well i was there tuesday oh my god it happened on monday do you know like i should have so inside this you have a lot of fear that the real truth will come up and they that they will be exposed so they start to fear each other and they start trying to control the information flow and to move this forward You know, because time is apparently moving forward. If you have a conspiracy like the JFK assassination, that is like the size of Mount Everest of manure that they have to move forward all the time, adding up to try and cover their tracks to try and cover. That's why they say this will be released to the public in 2082. Why? Because then no one of the people involved will be around. You know, that's the only reason why we're not allowed to see it. They're covering national security up my butt. It's their security. It has nothing to do with national security. That top secret from whom you don't want me to see what you're up to. That's the whole thing. So I don't envy them because they had to drag a whole load of crap after them all the time. But you can also see the trail of this manure following them Mm -hmm. and that makes it so much easier because the truth is just the truth. It just stands. And so the thing we have to do is just uncover it and stay in truth, which is totally without energy. You don't have to I have to be truthful. I have to just be it. You know, and peaceful is the same thing. Truth and peace, I believe, are two of the same things. So to be truthful is effortless. Shit scary at times. But if you live in truth, your version of it, I mean, what is truth? I don't know. I can only say my version of it. But living it, it becomes effortless and it becomes peaceful and it becomes nonviolent and it becomes nonjudgmental. And it becomes very efficient in stopping a lot of bad stuff.
1: It's like a way of life and a mindset. It's not a an emotional reaction to a situation. It just is. And I, I agree with that. And that's one of the, you know, that's some of the things that I think that if if we can just help these people to raise their vibration in this way or to expose maybe some of the things that they may be on the fence about so they can see other people doing that, we've ultimately helped on such an uh, exponential level that it's hard to even calculate anymore because they, people will just live in that that moment, that, and not be afraid to tell the truth. A lot of things today, I, I truly feel that it's all about what I have compared to what you have, or, you know, there's a lot of material garbage and bullshit that is non-consequential. It's all just conjecture. You know, I think that that's what that, to me, it doesn't matter what I have. I know that in my heart that I've enriched myself with, you know, good people, laughs, love, light, and I'm content and fulfilled on so many levels. Of course, there's things that I strive for or that I try and and maintain my focus on so I can achieve those things. but this this it, once you get to a point where you start letting that material crap just fall away, I truly think that we will end up in a better place. and these we can not defeat, but we can change the minds of those people trying to do the wrong thing against us. So we can live in harmony with them too. You know, I always you know, there's one thing it's like that I was always taught is that you pray for your enemy. You know, you meditate mm. and, and ask for them to see the way you see it. Therefore they mm. can not accustom themselves to it, but it's like walking a mile in your shoes. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll get a better understanding of it and a more of an appreciation for it.
0: I think uh, trying to change someone else mistake. I mean, ask any woman uh, who is married or in a relationship. She will be trying to change, especially women, will be trying to change their partner. Mm. I don't think a lot of them have succeeded. And uh, I also... Are we disconnected again? I think I've lost you. Mr. Rob.
1: Oh, I'm back. They must be really nervous about us talking to each other because they're really trying right now. They're really trying.
0: Anyway, so I think that uh, trying to change anyone else is a mistake uh, because the only one you can actually change is yourself. So I would say instead of reacting, which is you you say something, I react. The reason I react is very often because I'm not healed, whole in that area. So if you say, if you say, my God, you're such an asshole. If I'm whole in myself in, and in my self-love and a self-appreciation, which I'm not, but I'm learning it more and more, it wouldn't affect me. These are just sound vibration. Asshole in another language might be might mean divine, Do you know? So it's not the word itself, it's my interpretation of it. So anytime I react without really taking in and then acting, I'm, I'm in respond mode, automatic respond mode. And these are things that I need to look at. You know, like uh, I love with some of the Native American, uh, American tribes, especially before they got too messed up with our ways. You, I'm, I met some Apaches and stuff like where I say something and then there's just silence. And then they answer. And I was like, this is a bit strange. Did he? It's like, is he on some kind of jog? Or no, he he's... <laughs> He he is listening. What did I say? What was my intention? Who am I saying it? You know, evaluating. And then if they have nothing to share that would lift, this is from the Apaches I have directly, if they have nothing that will lift the conversation, they will just be quiet. Or they will respectfully take in what I said, hear it, value it, not judge it, and then Respond, and I think that is a way because we are so it's automatic, especially in the U.S. Oh my God! Oh my God!
1: Of course, that's how we live. Speed
0: is key. You know, also virtual vocal pollution, sound pollution. It's like what are all of these words? I mean, my God! Come on. Anyway, so well. It's also to realize that the absolute worst assholes in our lives are our best teachers, the ones that really annoy us. What are they showing? They're showing something inside of me that I am not okay with. And so it irritates me to see it in someone else. You know, I get I get like this. So instead of seeing that, and I mean we are looking at incredible teachers. Like super psychopaths, like Bill Gates, and stuff. because we have we have evolved to that place where it's not enough with Farmer Brown down the road who kicks you in the butt with a with a shovel or whatever that can annoy you or teach you how to react in a situation. Now we are on this higher level, so we bring in super psychopaths, or we're too slow and too asleep that we can't see it on a on a lower level, sort of a local level. So we need to get it with a sledgehammer in our forehead. Look at it. So I would say, dear Gates and Fauci and, and uh, Soros and Bush Senior and, and Hillary, sorry, Hillary, I mean Hillary, these type of individuals, uh, instead of judging them, I mean, I totally judge their actions 100% as wrong. I will put my life on the line to transcend these type of actions because people get very hurt. So not okay with me. On a, another level, on a more spiritual level, I thank them. I tried to not judge them. I thanked them for making me aware of it because apparently I don't like this situation, but apparently it's needed. And uh, I heard uh, yesterday that somebody was talking about uh, 2020 as the year of the great retreat, not reset. I thought that I liked that because suddenly the world was forced into a situation of contemplation, of looking yourself in the mirror, of seeing what has all of this been good for. And, and just a few days ago, I had to take a time out. You know, this last year has been really brutal in many ways for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is that we had to escape out of fear for the vaccine. I tell you, based on fear, but I felt, we need to relocate. And there was a small little o- opening uh, window from Spain. So we managed to get out me, my my wife and my daughter, and we ended up in Bali. Not easy, zombie apoc- apocalyptic experience the whole travel, but we managed to get here. And uh, so once I got here, or we got here, it was it's been a roller coaster emotionally, in many ways, like not good, not good. And what I noticed was that I have a lot of uh, since I was messed up. Uh, on different levels in my life some of these programs it's almost like software thing that gets installed in you against your own will but like a trauma is like okay installing and then you have an automatic response in certain situations. I think for survival but once it, this the trauma is not there anymore these pr- software programs are of no use They're, they become destructive so I've noticed that when I get worn out and stressed and tired these Program starts running, and then I've got a beautiful relationship with my wife 80%, and then 20% totally dysfunctional because my software interacts with her messed up software, and we activate each other. And then I lose power, you know, because it's like if you go with a p- bucket of love and it starts getting cracks and stuff, and the love starts leaking out. Once you get back home, there's nothing in it. And I was drained. I was drained like 10, 15 days ago. I was drained. I was So I said, I need to take time off. So I booked a room or my sweetheart booked a, a room for me down by the sea 10 days alone. And I had a massage before that. When I was having a massage, it was like having a, a wet... Um, sponge when she when tears out of, my, out of my system, you know? So, and I, I knew I was at the bottom because I couldn't even feel love for my daughter, you know? And that, that has never happened because by, by human biology, I think connects us with our, our children and there will always be love, whatever, but I was worn out. So I think said, I need time up. So, and it was perfect. I, I rented a room with a view of the pool True, I could see the pool like this, but it was like it was dark, it was humid, and I had a cockroach on my pillow. So, and also brought, because we had to escape from Spain uh, a few months to go. In the situation, what is important to you? What material what can you have one suit what means anything to you come back to where relationship means things and love and experiences but material top and and at the same time somebody sent me some very pretty, beautiful things and i just felt what does it mean What what does it mean it's like Nothing in the past really matters. The only thing is here and now. And here I am in a dark room, humid. Uh, the the curtain just fell down when I tried to, to see the pool, you know, and I'm here with a cockroach. And I tell you, cockroaches have got a, such a bad rap for nothing. I think that's pure racism they are nice animals the only thing they are are themselves and we judge them saying you're awful because you are what you are so I enjoyed my time with the cockroach and and these days I I sort of re-evaluated and also I there's one thing from my childhood that gives comfort because my my whole family the generations that came before me have left before me and with the Family is very small, so I'm pretty messed up as well. So I'm I'm pretty alone officially. So anyway, there's uh, there's one thing that connects me with my childhood, and that is spaghetti. You know, I love spaghetti. I had it on my birthdays when we immigrated, it was like Danish sausages, red sausages and spaghetti on my birthdays. That was the thing that gave me comfort. So here I was ten days on my own. And so what I did was I ate spaghetti bolognese. At, once, at least once or twice a day while I was there. I knew it's ridiculous. I was becoming a joke at the restaurant. I couldn't give a shit because I also needed to say, what do I want? What do I want? Because I've always say them first, then me. And, and that's good in one way, but it's not good if you become drained and you become a doormat because you don't have boundaries. So I ate spaghetti. And then in the middle of the night, Every night, I went out and I was standing up to my knees, and the power is just like one part of it is frightening because and and it's like just in the dark, see these waves that build up, build up, build up, build up, and it's like, is this a tsunami or is it not? But the, but it got, got me back into the elements, back into balance more, and then it was really good for Kim, my sweetheart, as well because. Uh, she needed time to check out things. And now we're, we're and then after eight days, uh, she called me and she said, I don't know why. I'm just sad. I'm crying all the time. She said, it doesn't make any sense. It's just I'm full of tears. I can very much relate to that as well. I don't know why, but the tears are up to here or have been. And so she was crying, crying, crying. And I just felt my, the love for her had come back. And, and so I felt I don't want her to be alone so I, I drove back here two days early and since then we've had a really really nice time <clears throat> and also a very gentle time with each other and a very understanding instead of being fighting each other and being each other's enemy and where i like 10 to 15 days ago i just felt this is it, it there's no way back my survival is to get the hell out of here that is not true because what, I, what had happened was that I had built up this wall, you know, just another brick in the wall with Pink Floyd, so symbolically, and I couldn't feel anything anymore. I couldn't feel myself. It had just been too much this year, with all of the things that happened, including some very hard personal betrayal things. So once I started seeing what was the problem and got in, getting back, then the, the wall started disappearing again, and. Uh, the feelings came back. And now I know, I know, I love her. I love her, you know. So it's a matter of, I think, when you're in tough situations, which the world is now, how did we get here? I have no idea. I think one way is because we're too of our own butt and too much uh, eating pizza and too much in love with the remote, you know, focused on football games and whatever, diversion again. Uh, we, we, we made this bed You know, we bought the ticket, now stop whining, deal with it, you know, deal with it. And the Native Indians, they say Native Indians, that is so, um, such a wrong word. The American Indians, I mean, Native, they were there before us or anyone. Mm -hmm. So the American Mm -hmm. Indians have a saying or a way of seeing what's going on at the moment. They say some tribes that we, the souls that are here now, are the strongest of the strong. We have fought our way down here to be here at these incredible times of evolution, of transcendence, of this whole magical experience of life. And now many of us are, I don't want to, it's scary. Shut up is what I tell myself and others. Stop whining stop whining get out of victimhood you, you bought the ticket other other souls wanted to come down here come on shape the hell up and start seeing how can you become the best of you what can you bring to humanity we've all got unique setups what can you bring to the table what have you they, they tell us hell. They tell us chaos. They tell us, no, everything is going down like a birth canal where we there's no we can't avoid it anymore. So we have to surrender into the pain and the struggle. Just surrender to it. Surrender to it. Don't fight it. If you fight it, it it's more painful for you. It's like, ah like this. There is no choice. We are moving forward just like being born. And it's like, if you speak to the fetus when it's still in the womb, that's reality for the fetus. And it's true. That's what the world looks like. It's very nice and yummy in there and floating around. That is reality. Then a few hours later, through You can't stop it. It's some divine force is saying, sorry, time out. You have to move to the next step. And you are forced through. That's what we're going through now. I think it's horrible. It's separation. Maybe it's like twins being born. Yeah, I had to say bye-bye to my twin fetus. And there's this separation going on, a filtration of humanity where, what do you want? Fear? Okay, stay in the womb. Fear, propaganda, control, manipulation. If you want to be a bully, if you want to be a psychopath, whatever, Not a problem. Feel free. Stay in the womb. We are heading to somewhere else. We have bought a ticket to somewhere else. And that world, I can't wait to see because that is going to be an amazing, I see the background of your logo here, something on, I I don't think we can even grasp what we're moving towards. So stop fighting it. Stop struggling. You cannot stop it. It's a matter of accepting, transcending, relaxing, Staying in as high frequency as possible by gratitude for whatever. Not just say it, but feel it. You have to feel it. Pump yourself up. And then you will leave the fear, fear frequency. More and more will be separated. It will start disappearing. These are the last. It, we've slain the dragon. And the dragon's tail is going like this all over the place. Evil is like, ah I'm melting, I'm melting. This is what we're in. So people are saying, are you following what happened on Capitol Hill? Absolutely not. I'm enjoying a drink of water and speaking to my beautiful friend, Rob. Do you see the difference? It's still happening. At least they say through these screens, oh, there's chaos over there. There's chaos over here. I look out the window. It's beautiful. I bet you, Rob, if you look out through the window, it's pretty beautiful there as well. And the Absolutely. listeners as well.
1: Absolutely. And what it, Absolutely.
0: But evil will always present itself as something good. It would be very manipulative and say, oh, I'm so kind. I'm so beautiful. It will be so good for you. Eat the apple. Eat the apple. So be aware because these are the forces that are desperately trying to regain power over you, over your mind, over your soul. So if you don't listen to it, if you see it for what it is and it's upside down, everything is upside down. Whatever is said to be good for you. We're at a point. Sorry child protection services. No, they're kidnapping your children. They're destroying your family. It's the same the the White House. No, it's the satanic house. You know, the, the army is there to protect you. I don't think so. The police is there to protect you. I don't think so. Not here. There are good people among them, thank God. But here now, we have to take the power back, not violently, but just bring it back, bring it back. Stop being messed with, stop being messed. And the only thing you need to do is say no. Thank you, but no thank you. We will offer you the vaccine. That's so kind of you to offer me this bioweapon that would totally destroy myself and the humanity forever. Very kind of you. Thank you, but no thank you. The evil needs our consent. It is part of the operation of this setup in this matrix. If we don't give our consent, It has no power over us. You will see that in old stories and old all of it, you know, the wolf and the little red riding hood, it's always there in all of these different stories. Evil needs our consent. So if we say, Thank you, but absolutely no fucking way am I gonna say yes to your mad things. Doesn't matter how you present it, well, you can have this mortgage for you will only like 3%. What is the meaning of a mortgage? It's a French word. It means death cage. It's in your face. The only thing we have to do is understand if your bank offers you a death cage, would you buy it? Would you say, yes, I don't think so. So it's through deception. They come to you through deception. So the only thing we have to do, bring the power back, by not buying into these games, and then live in love, do no harm, it's very simple. We don't need thousands of pages of rules and laws and stuff. Your heart knows. Your heart knows. That's right. That's wrong. It's very simple. In the old days, there were 10 of them. Don't get. Don't steal your neighbor's wife or husband. That's a good one. Don't lie. I can agree with that. Don't steal. Okay. Don't kill. Okay. Do no harm. Fantastic. And in yoga, a perfect action is an action that brings no harm to anyone. Or, and some benefit to someone, yourself included, yourself included. It's not always that it has to be with others. Some people misinterpret it as long as do good for me. You're wrong there as well, because I, me, mine is a minefield. That's the ego construct of the world. And the ego construct is interesting as well, because when people, I'm also referring to myself. When we do something and we know on some level that was not right, that our ego will construct and justify it for us, but it will build like an invisible wall around it to protect it. So no one will see that I actually lied there or I actually, that I was wrong there. And then if you keep doing that, the ego will justify it, but it will end up like masks, you know, layers of masks where you're not true. You're not yourself. So, it's really important to become aware of it and then also cleanse yourself from lies, from things that you've done wrong, uh, you know, to be able to, it's a cleaning. So that once you, it's like, uh, many years ago, I, I just felt, Oh my God, I, I have been a good person officially, but I have not been a good person in certain areas. You know, I stole, uh, I was working at, at, a, at a gas station. I stole, uh, after seeing my father stealing, that messed me totally up because he had been like truth and honor his whole life. And then I saw him steal in the shop. I got totally messed up.
1: That's a traumatic moment when you see somebody who's so principled go back on their own principles. Being an observer of that, it makes you feel uneasy about everything. Everything comes back to some of those root moments, I think, sometimes. And, you know, one of the things you said that, that sticks out to me that I actually did from our last Interview, was look at those people who are assholes as the greatest teacher and be thankful. And this is totally, totally true. And and it's flipped my mindset to where even like you said, like Gates and Fauci and all them, I thank them because now they're, they were the best teacher for me because now I feel that now what I'm doing is my true purpose. And I love doing this. I enjoy this. And I'm doing this not because they you know because i feel like people some people need to hear things that maybe not everybody's going to say and i'm stepping away from what they do when they go out and i'm doing it genuinely with with love and and you know uh, and empathy and you know i i took them and i was just like you know what that's not who i am and I, but i appreciate what you're doing for me because i know i don't ever want to be like that no matter how big i get or how big anything gets i just want to be able to come here say the things that I like to say, and that's it, you know?
0: But that is also what resonated in your voice. <clears throat> what I heard was not lynch the bastards, let kill, let's kill them, let's get rid of them. I mean, I'm in, in contact with with teams of snipers that could take them out like this, and they offered it, and I say, absolutely no way would I be part of that, also because it creates a lot of bad karma. You of know, course. I wouldn't miss them. I wouldn't miss them. And if Gates wants depopulation, feel free. There's a window there. Jump. You know, I wouldn't miss him. But at the same time, how has anything else united the world before, like corona? Never, ever has the world come to a stop where a standstill where Mother Earth has finally got a chance to breathe, you know, and not be polluted and raped on a on a every single second of the day, suddenly she could like, oh my god, thank you, thank you. It's only through these official assholes that I'm in, I'm not justifying them, absolutely not. But it's thanks to them that suddenly the world agreed upon. Yes, let's take a one world, one year almost retreat and and reevaluate our lives by locking ourselves in. We would never do it otherwise because our ego would say, no way, I'm too busy getting a new microwave and I'm so focused on getting a new car. And by the way, the Bronco bills or whatever they're called is almost about to win. I can't focus on anything else. So the life said, okay, here you go. If you're not listening, welcome to the world of sledgehammers. And boom, it came in. <laughs> And suddenly there was no option anymore. You were faced to sit in the same room as these individuals around you that maybe you forgot who they are. Well, they're your children. That's your wife. That's your husband. These teenagers that were babies when you went to work and now you come back and they're teenagers have been there all the time saying, hello, are you there? Hello. No, my son, you go play computer games. And mess up your mind while I'm too of my own butt and focused on my desires. Now suddenly it's like, whoa, 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 who are you? And they, and many people, I thought this was gonna be the year of of uh, divorces. I've I've heard so many beautiful things from families that have started seeing each other. Not easy sometimes, but that they've started rejoining together, that they moved out from cities, out into the countryside, the exact opposite of what they tried to force us through with Agenda 21. It's the exact thing, the exact opposite thing is happening. People are starting to care about each other. They're starting to see, oh my God, my neighbor hasn't got food. What, I mean, that's not good, you know, and like uh, things are falling apart and he just lost his job. Is there anything we can do for him? Before he didn't even know his name, you know, so these things and dolphins have come into the port of yes. Venice and, and yes. nature is just like saying, oh my God, this is amazing. How, what would have been able to do that? The world was too ego-minded. Then nobody cared. We're going through two worlds, a total de- destruction. Well, I don't care as long as I get my new paycheck and I get a new Xbox. Then I don't care. Well, here you are forced to care.
1: That's very true. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. And it's thanks to these these incredible super psychopaths that makes it so obvious in the end that really no one can deny it. And I mean, now I love it. They've started injecting people with absolute... I mean, I can't describe how horrific these uh, bioweapons are that goes under the name of vaccines. And I also want to say... Oh, they just managed to develop the vaccine in eight weeks. That is absolute BS, should I spell it out? Bullshit. Because the vaccine, which is a bioweapon against humanity, pushing us into transhumanism, where they can control us through computers, computer, was there from day one. The vac- so-called vaccine was there from day one. The whole thing was how can we push it on the global population without them getting they understanding what's going on and it's only through problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem to get the reaction and then they come with solution. So they needed to create a global problem for us to accept mandatory vaccine. And by the way, if these vaccines are so good that they say they are, why do you have to make them uh, mandatory? Then anyone who is fearful can just take the vaccine and they will be safe from people like myself who choose not to. Right. So uh,
1: there's one side effect that I'm going to tell everybody that this should be the ultimate key that this is just a terrible thing. And it's literally rewriting your DNA. They say once you get the vaccine, you cannot have sexual intercourse for twenty nine to thirty days because it, it is literally rewriting your cells and the baby will come out with birth defects because it's building this protein that literally eats away at the placenta. But I think that you're 100% right. Not only did Mother Earth get a chance to take a breath, humanity got that chance to take a breath. And we got to redirect our energies to where we saw fit to focus them as opposed to that rat race. And just to be, you know, a story for you real quick is me and my girlfriend, we spent time together. Don't get me wrong. We'd spend a few hours an evening together. We spent literal months, inseparable for months. And it was some of the most beautiful time that we've ever spent together. It was on a level I can't even describe it with actual words. To me, it was just, it was pure love in its purest form. And it meant the world to me. And I know it meant the world to her because we've talked about that. And mm-hmm. and I think that that breath really did, it gave me a chance to redirect myself because I wasn't happy with where I was. And now I can sit back with an honest face and say, you know what? I am the happiest I've ever been. I found my passion and my calling, and I'm going to hold on to it and ride it out for as long as I possibly can, no matter what. I mean, I'm not getting paid to do this. I'm not working at all right now. But that's it is what it is. I just take every day as it is, you know, and I focus my energy on this. And if the universe so happens to, you know, throw a couple of shekels my way, that's cool. But if not, I'm still gonna do this. It's just you know, it's in me, it's a part of me now, and I can't stop it.
0: So what a gift.
1: It, what a it gift truly you've is. given.
0: Truly is. And and the deliverer, the, the mailman was Bill Asshole Gates. That's and exactly so right. Like, so it's like it it makes it takes judgment away from it, at least for me, because I don't hate them. I don't I'm I'm grateful for them messing with my life because otherwise i would lose my my track you know and it's like i've been doing this for 40 years i have not been paid anything i am not i you know now i'm getting beautiful donations from but that's just a few years ago i've been doing this for all of these years even at a at a with the price of uh, losing friends and families and being looked upon like an absolute bizarre individual you know and uh, So I want to just rewind the whole thing because of the DNA thing. Do you you know the reason why they want to change the DNA? One of the reasons is because they have patented the synthetic code, meaning that when it gets into your system, they reprogram your DNA, includes their patented DNA sequence, meaning from that point on, they will own you. They that's, will own your body; will be their property.
1: I don't doubt that. Do you see one, what I'm saying? Of course, I that's the, that's no, the no. most disgusting thing that anybody could do to another human being. It's like slavery, but they actually own your essence in that moment too. It's the sickest thing. It's the sickest thing.
0: It's exactly what Monsanto. Which, uh, if you look at the the board members in Monsanto, it should actually be relabeled as Mon Diablo because monsanto they always present themselves as really beautiful but uh, you will see that's exactly what they've done with gmos and look at all of these court cases where farmers have been like growing the the harvest for generations and then suddenly a little gmo flies in puts a seed there and suddenly monsanto just goes in and say we we have to take over your farm because you have stolen from us it's the exact same thing but Then it was uh, corn or whatever. Here, it's your DNA. I mean, it cannot get worse. And this is agenda 21 in your face. More than 104, 10 nations have signed that. At least that's what they claim. I've never seen the signatures. But that whole thing is, if you don't want to know what agenda 21 or agenda 30 is, I cannot exaggerate how dark the future will be. They want the government, the global government, to own the water, the earth, the land, the, the air. air. Your children will belong to the state. You're, you're not allowed to have any private property at all. That, that's their agenda. I kid you not. And then you got Codis uh, Alimentarius when it comes to the food whole thing, how they want to control that. It has been out in the open for many years for us to see and this is how evil works it, it, it shows you even in subtle ways what it's up to but it needs our consent it needs our silence which is also consent or our yes it will take both of them as consent so this magical word here when mad things appear even in beautiful shapes say no thank you but absolutely no way. Because also the beauty of a strong no, which I have not had a strong no in my life, I'm working on it. Once your your no no becomes strong, it sounds negative. It's not in this situation. It's like if I say, no, don't shoot that child. That's a positive thing. So once you get your no, no strong, your yes become automatically stronger as well. And you define yourself, what is true and what is not with you as an individual. And it's only... When you have that strong yes, that you can really be positive and receive life the way it's supposed to be. Otherwise, it's like you or you cover the whole thing up. Look at Listen to a politician, you know, like, are you is this true or is it not? You will never, ever get a yes or a no. They will they will do like this and never answer the question because they don't have it. They don't. Or they don't dare to say it. So They're yes. the masters
1: of misdirection. They're the masters of it. They're the ones who say, yeah. "Well, I know. Are you going to clean up that landfill? Well, here's the thing: if we purify the air, there's a need to not have to do that. But then we can always burn the garbage and pollute the air this way. It, it's it's a circus. It's an absolute circus. I just want to say that, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on tonight it has been you are it's been beautiful it, it's an honor to talk to you every time i already can't wait for the next time you grace us and come through and and talk to us i truly i truly look up to you and your work i think you're an amazing person and you're spreading that love and light and that to me is ultimately the end game for all people and and uh, i have faith that we will get there in our lifetime like you said on the last interview i first when we before we talked i didn't i didn't always have that but i'm getting around to it now we are going to see an an epic change in our lifetime this is epic times that we're going through and it's not a coincidence why we're here right now to experience this to witness all of the greatness that is coming from this 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 refreshing breath of fresh air that we got to take this time and uh, I mean, I'll let you finish off and 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 say say what you got to say. But if you if you're not following Ole Ole, please follow him. I have his website right here, and you can also find him on Facebook. They had they they also have a page, I believe, on YouTube as well. But I'll give you the floor to say some parting words to the people.
0: No, so the YouTube channel was sh- deleted years ago. But I'm on Patreon, I'm on uh, many places. I've got a monthly newsletter where you can, I try to, in great detail, describe exactly what I see when I point the thing out, boom, then when it happens, and so on. So you can see that it's not just bullshit when I'm saying these 60 different ones and so on. But also, I'm trying, my intention is to empower people. So if I've scared anyone tonight, I'm very sorry. That's not my intention. If that was the case, then I've been helping the dark forces. I'm not there to do that. My intention is to empower. And I want to say also that, <clears throat> uh, you know, self-love is something that is not, uh, it doesn't come easy in my life. And I, I was asking my sweetheart uh, here yesterday how she, on a scale of one to 10, where she was. And when I asked myself, it was four. And I just felt that is so not fair towards this individual. Uh, when I look at my actions, my intention, my self-worth and self-love should be a lot higher. And so um, me practicing to receive beautiful words like you just gave to me, I'm really starting to, instead of just brushing to the side, I'm trying to listen to it because I know that they're sincere. And I'm very, very grateful for you helping me to to become more loving on myself. So thank you so much for that. I would very much like to end with a prayer. Absolutely. And it goes like this. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. That is the entire, every single square, millimeters, inch, whatever, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness. I mean, all darkness. So victory to that night. I've also written a book called "Remind Me," "Read Dash Mind Me." You can find it on Amazon or on my website. And uh, I don't know if we froze again. No, you're back. No, I'm here. I'm here. So, in this book, it's a small little, uh, it's a small little one-hour read. It's called "Read Dash Mind Me," and it's a book that I downloaded more or less. I'm. Uh, on, on, I'm not really sure where it came from, but I think you have like a divine internet as well. And it's like through prayers or when meditation, when you sing, when body and mind align, spirit enters. And sometimes I just feel, whoa, where did that come from? So I'm just very grateful to be part of delivering it. And this book is called Remind Me. And it's already saved lives. People that have been suicidal have written to me and say this saved my life. It's a one hour read uh, and it's... uh, describing uh, the world, but as a computer game, what this whole thing is about and how. So it's like a game manual, but what the game, what the rules really are, because we are being dumped down in this matrix and the whole game seems to be find the manual where it is. It can be anywhere and you will find breadcrumbs around the way that will lead you to the manual. And then on the final deathbed, you get the whole thing. Oh my God, I get it. I get it. I get it and boom, off you go. Or you have to come back back down and play it again. So uh, if anyone is interested, uh, then, because for me, this is a matter of sharing peace and sharing love. I don't give a shit about all of these conspiracies or or crap operation, whatever it is. Really, I'm I'm fascinated. I think it's interesting, but these are just like mystery games. But what matters is how we deal with it, how we deal, how we meet evil, how we transcend it, how we treat each other. And I tell you, I, you say in our lifetime, I, I think it's right around the corner. I think we're so, so close to, I mean, look at what's going on in, in DC. Who would have thought that just a few months ago or that the world would be wearing masks? Who would have, if I'd said that a year ago, you will say, yeah, right, no way could the whole, well, it did. So I also think that shift for the better can come very, very fast and I think we are in this birth canal and it's just a matter of just like the caterpillar turns into a butterfly, I think, not understanding itself what it's actually going through. It comes in as a caterpillar, it's dissolved and I'm sure that's not very pleasant and then re- put together as a butterfly oh my god how did that happen and i think that is exactly what we are so don't uh avoid the pain don't avoid don't be fearful accept it and just flow through it and look upon this as an amazing experience on we're going through and if not i'm totally wrong and we're screwed and there you go
1: (laughs) I, I, I think that you're right on the money, and those are some amazing parting words. I just want to thank everybody who joined us tonight and uh, tuned in for this special episode. I could tell you I was super excited for it, and uh, I always am when we get to talk. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to the next time, and uh, we'll plan that shortly. And uh, for everybody out there, thank you so much, and I hope you have an amazing evening and amazing weekend. We'll see you all around the bend. Lass us home.